Travels with Charlie is paid for by Jolly Convenience Stores, Mill Travel American Express, and Costello Waste. The views and opinions expressed in Travels with Charlie do not necessarily reflect the views or opinions of the Radio Vermont Group. We welcome listener feedback. Email your comments to WDEV at RadioVermont.com. Well, it's all about all the folks you meet. Sitting in a diner or out in the street. Catch up with the news. Get your point of view. I want to hear what unravels. I'll see you in my travels. Well, good afternoon. Welcome to Travels with Charlie, your host, Charlie Papillo. Good to be with you uh, this afternoon. Thanks for joining us. Thanks to the sponsors that uh, allow me to do this show uh, every other week here on WDEV. I want to thank uh, my friends at Casella Waste, Casella Systems, uh, uh, Casella.com, Zero Sort Recycling. They help to keep it out of the landfill, and they're very busy right now. Uh, Jolly Convenience Stores, of course, uh, with the creamies uh, on, the, on the road and the delicious uh, sandwiches and uh, snacks and of course uh, the home of the daily smile and um well fuel for your vehicle right uh, mill travel if you're doing traveling millmtravel.com they've been doing it since 1975 and of course Myers Wood Fired. It's now Myers Wood Fired. Always Wood Fired Bagels, but now they've uh, changed the name to Myers Wood Fired because they're adding pizza to the menu, and that's going to be coming up shortly. They are now at 408 Shelburne Road in South Burlington with delicious bagels, pizza, and Wonderful, wonderful sandwiches and, of course, uh, uh, delicious uh, cream cheeses as well. Got a great show lined up for you today. We're dedicating the entire show to flood relief. Uh, we're going to be talking with uh, Joe Flynn, the Agency of Transportation Secretary. We're going to get an update on roads and bridges affected by the storms. What's happening? Is money coming in? When's it going to come in? We'll also be talking with Michael Casella from Casella Waste Sustainability Spotlight. The floods have created an enormous amount of trash. How is it being handled? We'll get into that. And uh, the flooding, of course, has wiped out acres of crap of uh, crops. Uh, <laughs> a little uh, Freudian slip there, I guess. Uh, my first guest, the Secretary of the Agency of Agriculture in Vermont, Anson Tebbets. Also, I found out the host of For the Birds, uh, and that's been 27-some-odd years here on WDEV. Is that correct, Anson? Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Just to let you know, I regulate some of that stuff you mentioned there in the open there. You know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll be very careful about that. Well, you be careful of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, no, and how about those sponsors? you got creamies in there. you got wood-fired pizza. Oh, man. Well, well, you know, it's always been about cheese. food. It's always been oh. about food with me, Anson. Oh, you know, I know that. I, I know, and you're wonderful pizzas and stuff. So, yeah, so it's good to be with you. And, of course, we're in a, we're kind of a bind here. we got some things going on. But but everyone is uh, – well, we're blessed with a good day of weather, so we'll, we'll take it one day at a time. But today, we're at least we got a day where it's, it's sunny out and things are beginning to dry out a little bit. Absolutely. And I know you were in my uh, neighborhood, in my uh, neck of the woods uh, today at uh, Paul Mazza's farm in Essex. You know, a lot of people think, uh, you know, all the flooding, it's in Waterbury, Barrie, and Montpelier. Mm. And, you know, we've been pretty well spared, you know, in Colchester and in that area, even in the Burlington area. But uh, you know, a huge farm, uh, Paul Mazza in, in Essex was, was greatly affected. Can you kind of give us a, uh, you know, a bird's eye of, uh, what was going on there uh, today? Yeah, this is, uh, you know, Paul Mazza, uh, has that, uh, wonderful farm stand, uh, right off, uh, 
right outside Essex Junction. And, um, you know, he's got acres and acres of, of wonderful produce. Uh, one third of it is still okay. So, folks, the farm stand is still open, and I'm sure he'd love your business because uh, about two-thirds of his crops were wiped out. Particularly, um, he relies on a lot of pick-your-own, so the blueberry bushes uh, were underwater. We were out there today. Uh, Governor Scott uh, was, was out there touring, and we had a number of dairy farms that are also within that region, uh, the, you know, the Conitz and Richmond and the Whitcombs and Essex and Williston. And uh, the Tebos down in, in Colchester all had their, their livestock feed, their crops, a lot of corn underwater. So that, that little corner of the world really took it hard, and, and lots of areas around the state have taken it hard, particularly those along the Lamoille, the Otter Creek, the Winooski, um, all really having some damage there. So today was the day to just to get a you know, really hands-on look, bird's-eye view with the governor, and also joined by uh, Senator Welch was with us because – we know that we're going to need some federal assistance if we're going to get out of this mess. Absolutely. Well, you know, the, the, the good news is one-third of his crops are still sustainable, but to lose two-thirds, that's a huge number. And one of the things that maybe some people don't understand, uh, you know, when they think there's a flood, they think, well, the water's receded and everything looks okay, but the there's a, there's con- the, the contaminants uh, possibly yeah. in the water. So you, 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 cannot, you can't sell or eat those crops, correct? That's correct. And he had these just beautiful blueberry bushes and they were all underwater. He also had some of his um, apples. Well, two things. One, he's already coming off the big frost. We had yep. the big frost in May and some of his apples were damaged by that. But the ones that were remaining, a number of them were underwater. Some of the apples on the higher, you know, the higher uh, trees, uh, they may be able to turn into cider at some point. As long as they weren't underwater, they should be okay. But yeah, it's a, it's a, and he's a wholesale distributor as well. So some of that produce you may find in some of the bigger retail operations, uh, his, some of his, uh, produce goes to Whole Foods, uh, as well. So, uh, really a, a difficult situation. And there's a number of, uh, produce farmers, uh, whether they're in Johnson, uh, whether they're in, uh, Essex Junction, whether they're in the Intervale of Burlington, uh, really took it on the chin here because a lot of their crops are just coming in. And once that water, uh, which is all coming down, gets on it. There's so many, so much contaminants in it, it can't be used. Mm. Secretary of the Agency of Agriculture, Anson Tebbets, my guest this afternoon on Travels with Charlie. If you have a question, a comment, uh, uh, you need some help, uh, we're here to answer those questions, 244-1777 or 1-877-291-8255. It's probably too early to put any kind of a dollar figure on uh, the loss just on uh, agriculture, Anson. Am I correct? Uh, that's correct, and it's and this is part of the message that we're still trying to put out to the farm community and all those individuals. Uh, you need to report your damage in because we need that data to to you know put the formula together, uh, know what the need is going to be, particularly when we go to Washington, either whether it's through FEMA, even if you had a little bit of damage, uh, you should report that. And even if you got some flooding in your basement, it wasn't too bad. It may help your neighbor that really was impacted by this flood. So we're really pushing uh, folks to report their damage to FEMA uh, through 211. Uh, you can go right on the website on 211 or call it in. But also those who sustained uh, agriculture damage, they should report to their uh, Farm Service Agency or FSA through USDA and report the damage. And whether it's five acres, whether it's 50 acres, really, really important. And if you sustained other damage, maybe your farm stand was wiped out. Uh, maybe you had a freezer that went floating down the river, et cetera. All that needs to be reported so we get a, a real um, 
real solid assessment of the damage. Right. That's what I wanted to be clear on. So it's not just the, you know, the crops, um, but also if you sustained any damage, could be, a, a, you know, a tractor, uh, uh, could be a, a building. Uh, all of that needs to be reported. Absolutely. I was up in Johnson at a farm uh, last week, and one of his big concerns, he a lot of his tractors were underwater, uh, just couldn't get him to uh, safe ground in time. So he's really, he's a mechanic, he's working on them. He's not sure they're going to start, and they may go two weeks and they may die, but really some really critical infrastructure that he's built up over the years, all wiped out in this flood, in addition to a number of his crops. So there's a lot of that out there. So it's really, really important for everyone to uh, get that data in, get it reported, so when we when we make the ask, we have some solid uh, figures behind what we need. How do you see this affecting uh, prices at the market, Anson? Well, that's, uh, I think, you know, if you look at... Um, if you look at the fall, uh, particularly, we've got two things going on in the fall. We had uh, we had the frost, uh, which probably will impact some of your pick-your-own operations. You know, there's going to be fruit. There's going to be pick-your-owns. There's going to be uh, – there is going to be produce. Uh, there's just not going to be as much. Uh, take uh, – we don't really know what's going to happen with the pumpkin world. You know, we all like oh, to yeah. buy a jack-o'-lantern for the fall. We like the, that beautiful fall visit to a farm, to the, to the farm stand to have pumpkins. Well – a lot of these farmers, they're in this floodplain. They had a lot of their pumpkins uh, wiped out. So we may not have as many pumpkins. And, of course, if there's not as many, maybe the price is, is going to go up. A lot will depend on how things play out over the next few weeks. Um, the corn crop, there was a little bit of hope some of the corn would come back next week. I'm hearing, uh, I'm hearing this week some of the corn for livestock is not looking so great. And the other thing that's really um, tragic to this is just the, the amount of debris that's entered the farmland so that you know all that silt all that all those trees all that debris yeah. um, has to get off the farmland at some point and be reclaimed so it can be uh, put to good use right. uh, probably next year yeah a lot of cleanup to do what about yeah. is it uh, um, too late for a second planting i know a lot of farmers will do a harvest and then they'll do a second certain you know certain uh, crops um, is there still some room for that and maybe you can double up on other plants uh, that you can get another crop out of I think there is some hope for that. Some farmers, the one I did talk to in Johnson last week, he was hoping he'd get his uh, land, uh, you know, cleaned up, get the soil tested, and maybe he could get a another crop in there. Um, I don't know about corn. Probably for livestock, that's going to be a real challenge. I think that's probably is going to be difficult. The other one is uh, hay. We've had so much rain. I think it's rained every day for a month. It seems like, and a lot of there's a lot of standing hay. It's going to be poor quality. Uh, a lot of the hay for even the you know the equine industry. You think about it, you've got one or two horses. Um, I think there's going to be some issues with quality of hay, availability of hay. So that's something that we got to keep our eye on is over the next few weeks uh, to make sure that there's an adequate supply and and the quality. And that's where you that's where the you know for dairy farmers they need good quality feed for their animals because uh, that makes them. Um, that makes the milk makes good milk, and if you don't have quality feed, they don't produce as much, which also impacts the bottom line. So, of course, all of this on top of uh, the late frost that you just uh, mentioned a moment ago, uh, and a lot of farms and crops were impacted by that. Uh, you know, obviously, we're concerned about the apple season, but uh, USDA announcing last week that all 14 counties qualify for some funds. But you know, when you look at it, and you know, that's a couple of months, so. Uh, are we looking out like two months from from now before we find out, uh, you know, if farms are going to get any help? 
Well, this is the um, this is the the part where it's really important. Uh, we need to hit a certain threshold and get that data uh, reported from across Vermont. So that's one of the reasons why it's so important to make sure we get as much data as quickly as possible in there. Our hope is maybe it will be a little bit quicker than the than the one that went in for the for the frost uh, declaration. Um, the frost declaration is important because that's going to open up some resources uh, to that sector of agriculture. Uh, you know, some of it will be in emergency loans, and and I know there will be a lot of groaning because not everyone wants to take on another loan, but there could be some uh, bridge financing here that will help. The other thing that's happening behind the scenes, there's been a tremendous amount of effort. Uh, the public is donating to certain farm funds, mm-hmm. uh, and th- and that is really important because that's going to fill in the gap here. Um, uh, you know, whether it's uh, uh, the farm fund that's being run out of Hardwick, they announced today uh, that they're, the people can apply for a $15,000 uh, loan, which is zero interest for a year, uh, which is really important to help, uh, you know, stabilize things. And last week, um, Governor Scott and the Commerce Agency announced the $20 million program uh, which is uh, it's going to be a gap program. We know that's just to kick things off here. We know that's going to take more financing from other sources to uh, try to get back on track here, and we know it's not going to be enough. But that one in agriculture will be eligible for that. We should hear more details about that. I know uh, Secretary Curley and her team at Commerce are working on that program, but that one will be also be part of a gap funding, and that will be a granting program for some of these businesses, which will include agriculture. Now, Anson, you know, many farmers work off a, a line of credit, you know, at the beginning of the season. They, they, they pay it back after the harvest. Uh, the harvest isn't going to happen. Uh, will they get relief from the money that they owe? I mean, how will that work with the feds? Well, we're, we're always encouraging one of the first calls uh, uh, that we want folks to make is to their lender. You know, talk to their lender about uh, the situation. Uh, don't put that off. Uh, make sure you're reporting everything to your insurance agent as well, documenting photos, uh, pictures, uh, all the work that you've been done, and just keep reporting to those those two agencies, the 211, which will get you into the FEMA, and then the USDA for crops. So it's going to take a lot of strategies and a lot of different pockets here and a lot of serious conversations with folks uh, about uh, trying to clean up uh, uh, clean up the situation and figure out next steps. But it's going to be it's going to be difficult. It's going to be some hardships, yeah. but we want to put as much information in front of everyone uh, in the farm community and our businesses so they can make some solid decisions about their future. So one of the most important things is that the you know these farmers need to to file these things. They need to let people know what's going on. And as you've mentioned, there's a lot of other organizations. I know uh, you know National Life did a concert. Uh, they they put that together and. My God, uh, you know, just a couple of days raised $1.5 million. That's all going to, to flood relief. Uh, uh, I know another concert coming up on August 20th. I've been talking with uh, my friends uh, from 8084. They're putting together an event with uh, Jamie Lee Thurston, Chad Hollister, and, and Rusty DeWeese. That's going to be at higher ground, and that's all for, for flood relief. Uh, in fact, I'll have them on my next show coming up here on August 7th. Uh, but, uh, you know, organizations that have, that have existed and been out there for a long time to help farmers, the Northeast Organic Farming Association, they've always had a small emergency fund. And my understanding is they're trying to do something a little more, raise a little more money and, and to help farmers out. Have you heard anything about that, Anson? Yeah, there's several groups out there. You mentioned the NOFA, the Organic Association, the Vermont Farm Fund out of Hardwick and the Community Foundation. Um, you know, they, 
they, uh, you know, they helped during Irene, they helped during the pandemic. And what they're doing is um, they're raising dollars and then they're granting money to some of these organizations, uh, uh, for example, to NOFA or to the Vermont Farm Fund. And then they're taking that money and granting it to the, to the farmers to get some, get some of that money right back into the field. So people can either, if they want to reorder some supplies, um, they want to make payroll, um, you know, they want to uh, do some cleanup. Uh, those things are really, really important. And, you know, uh, it's going to take uh, several weeks, several months to do this. And I think the, the private, uh, the private aspect is, of this is really important because those dollars are getting to uh, the farm community very, very quickly. Absolutely. Uh, Anson Tebbett's my guest this afternoon on Travels with Charlie. We're going to continue our conversation. We'll take a quick break and we'll be right back here on WDEV. Whether you're traveling for a vacation, planning a business trip, or have a global company looking for a strong Vermont-based company to align with for business and meeting management, Milne Travel is a trusted local partner, and they've been one since 1975. Milne Travel is one of the top travel companies based in New England. Featuring educational tours, vacation travel, or corporate solutions, let their travel specialists search the lowest airfares exclusive to the travel industry for you. Guaranteed. We're all getting ready to travel again. Save time and money on your next trip. Go to www.milnetravel.com. And welcome back. Travels with Charlie. There you go. A little breaking weather news for you. Anson Tebbets, my guest this afternoon on Travels with Charlie. If you have questions or comments, 244-1777-1877-291-8255. You know, Anson, just uh, when we think uh, we're, we've gotten through it and we've got a clean stretch of uh, weather here, it uh, looks like uh, the possibility of some se- severe thunderstorms until 8 o'clock this evening that we have to deal with. So... Uh, we're not out of the woods yet, and there's still lots more work to do. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, you just feel for the farmers out there that are right now and the other people that are out there trying to do cleanup. And, uh, you know, this, this news comes in. Is we've got more rain on the way. Uh, we, we really need a, a significant dry stretch. We've got plenty of uh, rain. And just the, I think it brings it all back to people as well. It gets discouraging uh, with we just don't need any more rain on our crops right now and uh, certainly don't need any more as people are trying to dry out their basements and, uh, you know, their homes, et cetera, and trying to rebuild. It's uh, It's got to be uh, really tough on folks when they have these downpours that seem to keep coming here. Exactly. You, you know, Anson, when you think about um, somebody that uh, that's in farming and, you know, many of these farmers, they – they, you know, it's it, it's not always a one-person operation, but, a, you know, some small operations, some big ones out there. But they tend to, they do it all. You know, you'll see the owner. He's on the tractor. He's doing the planting. He's doing the paperwork. He's doing it all. And now, uh, you know, with, you know, the, the flooding and looking for relief, there's lots of paperwork and red tape to navigate along with cleaning up and, and running the business. Is there any kind of assistance for these people to, to, you know, maybe for some it's they've never done it before and they don't know where to go? Yeah, a couple of things there. Uh, you know, we had that discussion today out of Paul Mazza's with uh, USDA. John Roberts was the uh, is the executive director of the FSA agency. And, uh, you know, they're 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 going out straight and they are available to uh, as farmers should call. And they have you know, they have agents that they can talk to 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 walk them through some of this uh, paperwork. And, you know, and Paul talked about that. Paul says, you know, he, 
his his daughter was there and his daughter is, is sort of taking on that responsibility of the of the paperwork that's involved here and uh, and Paul likes you know his strength he wants to be out there just working he wants to be in the fields he wants to be managing employees and you mentioned employees uh you know Paul mentioned that he may not be able to keep all of his employees he wants to he may have to uh you know lay some off because it's just not as much work because the crops have been destroyed so it's uh, there's so many aspects and so many layers to this um, uh, that have impacted the, the flood that are just outside the normal days of, of farming, which are, you know, just people just want to, you know, work the land, work their animals and make sure their crops are growing and, and take care of their families and employees. And this has just added another sort of daunting layer to it all. You know? mm. What are the other organizations uh, you mentioned along with the, the USDA, which many people probably have heard before, but uh, the FSA, the Farm Service Agency, that's a very important organization, is it not? It's vital, and they are the they are often the lender for farmers. They have favorable rates for uh, for farmers, but they also play a critical role when there's a you know it's a crisis like this. So if we get this declaration from USDA, that will open up more programs, uh, whether it be helping to clean up, maybe some emergency loans, maybe some deferments on payments. Um, all that's really really important. Um, so FSA, and there's also um, USDA Rural Development will play a role in this as well. They have some uh, programs related to housing, which will be important. So USDA, um, you know, it's kind of a, one of those quiet agencies in Vermont, but it, it plays a critical role uh, for our farm community, and they've quietly been doing it w- with technical assistance, but also uh, financial assistance as well. Now, I also heard on the news uh, this afternoon here on WDEV that Cannabis farmers uh, will not be covered. They've had some losses, but am I correct? Did I hear that correctly? They will not be covered by the federal government? Um, the federal government uh, still considers a cannabis. Uh, it's not legal. Uh, so, In the eyes uh, of the feds. In the eyes of yes. the feds. In Vermont, it's a different story. Yeah. But in the eyes of the feds, it's not legal. So that, that makes them ineligible for a number of those programs. Um, now, there could be some state programs. Uh, you know, as they're rolled out, you know, this Commerce Agency one, uh, that is being developed and that's all being taken into consideration as well. So there could be some other programs that they would be eligible for, but the federal, anything that touches federal uh, dollars and cannabis right now, they can't go, to, they can't go together. Let's go to the phones. We have a call uh, for Anson Tebbets this afternoon on Travels with Charlie. Denise, you're first on Travels with Charlie. Good afternoon. Hi, Anson. Um, I have um, a question. I've heard different stories about whether we should be eating produce from flooded fields and gardens. What is the take on this? Uh, there's there's some rules uh, around um, produce if it enters the water. So if it's underwater, uh, it cannot be it, it cannot be used. Now if it doesn't touch the water. Um, usually you're okay. Um, if you go to what we have a resource page, uh, and I'm gonna, you know, people are probably groaning, I'm gonna send you to a website. But if you go to our website under the uh, Vermont Agency of Agriculture, Food and Markets, uh, we have a resource page and it outlines all the, it outlines that particular issue in detail. Um, our farmers, uh, you know, they do have certain standards they have to meet uh, through our produce program. And a lot of the produce across the United States is also regulated by the FDA. So there's a lot of programs uh, related to that. And uh, if it's underwater, uh, 
it, it cannot be sold. Uh, and we had that discussion today at the farm with Paul Mazas. You know, a lot of his stuff was not underwater because he has different parts of the farm that did not get flooded, and that's fine. Uh, so you'll see lots of wonderful uh, fresh produce that's at his farm right. stand, and that's coming from another part of his farm, not the not the part that was underwater. But the sweet corn that I saw, uh, the blueberries, uh, he he cannot use that. He cannot sell that. And in fact, Paul didn't even want to eat a, eat a blueberry off the bush. Yeah. So anything that's been underwater, but the water has receded. Yeah, if it's, if it's pro- been, yeah, if it's been, if you have a, if your eat. spinach, if your spinach was, you know, under, under, uh, you know, cause all the contaminants that may be in the water that came down, it came down, you know, we've got all kinds of things that were in the water that normally would not have been in the water. So if you've got a field of spinach that's been underwater, even though, uh, it may look fine and you may be able to wash it, uh, they still cannot sell it. Thank you, Denise. Thanks for your call this afternoon. Uh, Anson, what about, um, you know, a lot of soil was washed away. Uh, you, you gotta put good soil back in there. It, it has to be tested. How long does something like that take? Well, UVM Extension has been a, a, a great uh, partner in this and the president of UVM was out with us today. Um, uh, and also the head of uh, UVM Extension and Dr. Heather Darby. Um, they're working on all those aspects of uh, UVM is uh, testing the soil to make sure it's okay because that is a, a big part of this is to get that land back into production, uh, get the material off it, and make sure there's not something in the soil that may have uh, come down from all that water, something from the water that went into the soil. So so that's all being done, and, and uh, we're trying to turn those around just as fast as we can through UVM extension. Hanson Tebbets, my guest this afternoon on Travels with Charlie, Secretary uh, Agency of Agriculture. Uh, I really appreciate your time today, Hanson. I know very, very busy. I got Joe Flynn, uh, Agency of uh, Transportation coming up in just a moment uh, as we continue to try to help uh, people out. Uh, and with the, you know, the story of we've got a thunderstorm watch now, severe thunderstorm watch until eight o'clock this evening. So everybody be safe out there. Hanson, again, uh, website, uh, you know, just the one covers all kind of website where people can go for help if they need it. Yeah, go to the Vermont Agency of Agriculture, Food, and Markets. Uh, there's a whole page right there just dedicated to the flood uh, where you can donate. Uh, it talks about uh, produce. It talks about all the different uh, things that are out there for folks because it's uh, there's a lot, there's many layers to this whole flood related to agriculture uh, so and resources that are available for folks. So go to that. Uh, best of luck with Secretary Flynn. He's been a great partner through this, getting all our roots open so we could pick up milk uh, throughout the last couple of weeks. So he's mm. been a great partner for us. Absolutely. Anson, thanks for joining me here on Travels with Charlie. Good to talk with you today, as always. All right. Take care, all. Bye-bye. All right. There you go. Anson Tebbets, uh, my first guest this afternoon on a special program dedicated to, to flood relief. We're going to be talking with uh, Mike Casella from Casella Waste with the Casella Waste Sustainability Spotlight. And, of course, this is a special spotlight. We're going to be talking about, yeah, as you know, I mean, there's trash all over the place. Got to be picked up. We'll we'll talk with him and get the latest on that coming up in just a moment. Hey, first, I want to tell you about Myers Bagel Cafe in Burlington. I've been friends with Myers since they were on you know, downtown Burlington, just off of Church Street. I love their Montreal-style 
hand-rolled, honey-boiled, wood-fired bagels. They've been doing it the right way for years. You know, delicious sandwiches and smoked meats and flavored cream cheeses and pastries. I'm getting hungry just talking about it. Well, they moved to Pine Street, and then from Pine Street, they're now on Shelburne Road, 408 Shelburne Road. This is a new location. They still have the other location. But at 408 Shelburne Road, they're shortly going to be doing pizza. That's right. Now they, they they've done that occasionally on a on a Friday night. Uh, and man, I got to tell you, I've had their pizza. It's not it's not a bagel dough. It's a special dough that they use, and I love their Detroit style. You know the thick pan pizza. Unbelievable. So put a little pressure on them. Get that pizza going. I know they've been working hard to, to get the place up and running. It is up and running. 408 Shelburne Road in, in Burlington. Myers Wood Fired Bagels Pizza and Libations. Check it out. 408 Shelburne Road in South Burlington. All right. We'll be right back with Mike Casella from Casella Waste with the Sustainability Spotlight right here on Travels with Charlie, WDEV. When I'm on the road, I don't have to look very far for a place to fill my gas tank or my belly. Jolly Convenience Stores with over 40 locations to choose from makes it easy. Fuel for your car, fresh-made sandwiches, soft drinks, hot coffee, pastries, friendly service, and even creamies. Jolly Convenience Stores supports your community by sponsoring events, veteran organizations, and more. That's why I support them, and you should too. Stop in today. Jolly Convenience Stores, home of the Daily Smile. Welcome back, Travels with Charlie. Thanks for joining me today. Uh, we do have a, a weather alert for you with severe thunderstorm warning until 8 o'clock tonight for all of Vermont. That's from the National Weather Service as we are trying to clean up and uh, looking forward to some sunshine. Well, it looks like we're not going to get it for the entire day today. Uh, joining me next on Travels with Charlie with the Casella Waste Sustainability Spotlight, Michael Casella. Mike, thanks for joining me here. Very important day as we try to get uh, some information to Vermonters about what's uh, what's going on. Thanks for being with me. Yeah, thanks thanks for having me, Charlie. And you know, I Mike, appreciate it. if anything, I mean, this what's happened here in the last week, week and a half, and now with the cleanup going on, it certainly points out the benefit of having landfill capacity, does it not? It definitely does. I mean, it's it's critical uh, infrastructure that that's needed. I mean, a lot of a lot of Vermonters had some tough times over the last, you know, couple weeks and um, without that infrastructure we won't be able to move the debris uh, as fast as we've been able to move it well we you know we saw this in 2011 with irene and here we are all over again um do you think that with you know having already you know with having you know doing the cleanup in 2011 this has better prepared you you sort of know what it is that you have to do or is it not any easier um we, we definitely know what we need to do i think uh like a lot of the vermont businesses we we were hit pretty hard in our, our montpelier location right so we had you know uh water up to the ceiling but you know we we were able to get up and operational within a day and moving all those offices so and then you know cleaning the shop out to get 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 everyone back and start uh, the trucks rolling so we were able to get up and operational which was huge but I think a lot of towns different than Irene. This 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 one really seemed to affect a lot of towns, and I know we're we're dealing with Waterbury, Johnson, Barrie, Montpelier, Hardwick, you know, Cambridge, uh, just you know, large impact across many many towns. Whereas Irene kind of was focused in a couple areas. Right. Was flooding, but 
not to the level that we had this time. And the governor has stressed that uh, cleanup is is the first step. Michael from Waitsfield wants to talk with you. You're next on Travels with Charlie with Mike Casella from Casella Waste. Good afternoon, Michael. Are you there, Michael? No, Michael didn't uh, hang on. All right. Well, that's um, I apologize. Michael probably was trying to get through with uh, with Anson and we we had to break. So I apologize to you, Michael. I know you were hanging on there, but uh, you got the other Michael here, Mike Casella. Uh, Mike, can you explain a little bit with, uh, the, you know, what cleanup crews should be doing before, you know, it, stuff's picked up? I mean, they've got to do some separate separation uh, of the trash, right? You don't just throw everything in a pile if you can help it, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think I think the big thing for us is, you know, the, the gasoline and, you know, some of the cleaning products and aerosol cans and stuff like that, just trying to separate those out and working with the, the local solid waste districts on how to, how to handle those products or and even some of the refrigerators uh, with the refrigerant, you know, those, those can be uh, things that need to be processed to take that out to make sure that it doesn't get into the environment. But the big thing for us is, you know, anything that's got chemicals in it. So right. just don't have fires and other things, you know, while we are over at capacity at a lot of our stations, right, we're, we're taking in as much material as we can. Sure. I mean, you have to imagine people, you know, basements are flooded and they're, they're, they, maybe they've got paint cans down there, things like that. Uh, you know, if you've got electronics, uh, you know, large appliances, all of those things need to be separated. And one, one of the good tricks for paint cans, right, is if it's a, if it's like a water base or a latex paint, I mean, putting kitty litter in to just to dry it out so it's not oozing out. Uh, that's a real helpful hint. So. I mean, if you throw some kitty litter in there, it'll dry right out. But. So how has uh, Casella responded? Are you also working with other entities? This is a statewide situation. You gotta, everybody's got to work together, Michael. Yeah, absolutely. We actually, this last weekend, we actually went to the town of Johnson, which was, you know, devastated uh, down through uh, a lot of the areas that were impacted down there. So actually Myers... Um, Myers ourselves and Hillside, another another small trash hauler, all came together on Saturday, and we actually went through the town just cleaning up as much as we can, work with the, the town of Johnson just to get that done, similar to something that we did in Waterbury the, the weekend before, on the Saturday before. So just sending packers down into these affected areas and just, you know, with volunteers grabbing as much material and trying to get the bulk of it done. I think it's going to be going on for a long time, but at least you get the bulk of it out, and then kind of the rest of it is a little more manageable. All right, Mike Casella, Casella Waste Sustainability Spotlight, Casella.com. Dumpster rentals and things like that, uh, is it uh, any chance of, you know, if somebody needs one, can they get one now? Yeah, absolutely. We, we we don't have a wait list right now, and I, I've, I've been in contact with a couple other haulers too. Everyone everyone's uh, got plenty of resources, and we we've kind of brought resources in from our other divisions as far out as like Rochester, New York, and Plattsburgh, and Potsdam, New York. So we've got a lot of people that have come into into Vermont just to help with this cleanup. But we. we 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 have a lot of resources that are that are available. If people need dumpsters, just call the eight hundred Casella number and and we'll get you taken care of. Or All if right. there's towns out there that need extra help or another set of eyes, just 
call and ask for me, and we can figure out how we can help and how we can move it along faster. All right. Well, I always appreciate uh, the work that you guys do here in the state of Vermont and, and around the, the area as well. Mike Casella with the Casella Waste Sustainability Spotlight. Mike, stay dry. We've got some more rain on the way. We'll talk with you again. I appreciate it, Charlie. Thank uh, you. All right. Take care. Now, coming up next... Yeah, we'll be talking with the Agency of Transportation Secretary, Joe Flynn. we got lots of work to do on these roads, and he'll fill us in straight ahead right here on Travels with Charlie, WDEV. The waste and resource management industry is a complex, integrated system that many people and communities take for granted. Trash, recycling, compost, we're all familiar with the terms, but maybe not the truths behind the waste industry. Want to learn more? Beyond the Bin is a podcast by Casella, which shines a light on what really happens to our waste and recycling. If you're interested in environmental sustainability and renewable resources, then check out this podcast. You'll learn about waste and recycling, meet members of the Casella team, and one episode even deals with beekeeping. Check it out online at www.casella.com forward slash beyond the bin. Good afternoon and welcome back to Travels with Charlie. National Weather Service has issued severe thunderstorm watch until 8 o'clock this evening for much of Vermont, including uh, 12 counties here in Vermont. Not good news and not what uh, my next guest, uh, Joe Flynn, the Agency of Transportation Secretary, wants to hear. Joe, good afternoon. Thanks for joining me here on Travels with Charlie. Hi, Charlie. How are you? Well, yeah, you know, trying to stay dry. It seems like, um, you know, we thought we had, uh, you know, a clear stretch this week. But, uh, you know, with the warm weather, there's always the chance and possibility of a thunderstorm. And that's what we're looking out for now. So let's kind of get a, uh, an update on, on what's been going on with the Agency of Transportation. The flood, as you know, has damaged many roads, bridges and culverts. Uh, uh, have you been able to put a dollar figure on all of this yet, Joe? Uh, it's a bit premature for that, Charlie. On the state system, so roads and highways that are owned by the state of Vermont, that is covered by the Federal Highway Administration. And then local roads, um, as well, obviously, as other infrastructure owned by communities or, or, the, or people, residences and whatnot, those are the Federal Emergency Management Agency or FEMA. So there's sort of two parallel tallies, if you will, that are that are rolling up, but it's a, it's a little bit premature uh, to understand what this is going to look like in totality. I mean, it's expensive. There's no question about it, um, but it is. It's ongoing. Everything we're doing right now is still, you know, raising those costs. So trying to put a, a number to it at the moment is, is just uh, not doable. Just, you know, looking at it uh, from, you know, comparing it to 2011 Tropical Storm Irene, uh, much different, Joe, or larger? Well, it's a little bit of both. It is different in respect to the flooding. Irene, you know, hit on that Sunday afternoon, I think the 28th of August that year, and the rain came in about 12 or 14 hours, and, and then it basically left. I mean, we had a storm Labor Day, and but... Um, and there was a lot of erosion flooding, yeah. which is, you know, just torrents of water coming down every mountain, brook, and stream. And, and that's what did so much of the uh, abject, you know, destruction, lifting houses and moving them down the rivers and totally annihilating 
roads, wiping out 34 state bridges, and certainly a human toll as well. This storm has had an immense human toll, uh, but this storm was a series of storms. It really started on Friday the 7th um, in Killington by the Skyship Base Lodge and then on Route 100 in Bridgewater. The governor and I went down that Saturday morning to look at that, and then we no sooner got back and started hearing forecasts for that Sunday, Sunday night, and into Monday. And so this event has been more widespread with flooding, and it's been inundation flooding versus uh, there was some erosion flooding, no question about it. But when you look at downtown Montpelier, you look at downtown Barrie, you look at Johnson, uh, you look at Ludlow, and, and I don't want to forget anybody, but you look at those communities where the rivers just came up and inundated everything. It's a, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a different, uh, in some ways, a different type of storm response, if you will. But it is, is I think, more widespread. And again, while I don't have hard numbers from everything I've seen and, and what I hear, I, I think that you know more people are certainly more people are. Uh, affected by this storm. And you have to wonder, you know, once uh, we're ready to, you know, start putting everything back together and, 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 you know, doing the work, of course, here we are, we're in, it's the summer season, which means you, you've already had a lot of projects in the, in the works and planning for this time of year, whether it's a, you know, a new road somewhere or a bridge repair. And so that's on top. Do some of those projects get put on hold while you're doing these projects? Do you have to kind of put things in a priority uh, status now? You, you do, Charlie. It, it really depends, you know, like on the project. I mean, an interstate paving project uh, could continue, but a lot of our other projects, uh, you know, the contractors that are working on those projects are not only helping us, but they're helping towns, and we understand that. So, you know, we're working with our contractors and we're working with the Federal Highway Administration on a, on a project-by-project basis, no carte blanche. But, you know, if a project needs to have a delay uh, that's just due to an act of God, then we certainly understand that. Um, you know, currently we have five projects that we have officially put on hold just Primarily because, you know, contractors are, are working feverishly, you know, doing other things. We did have a dozen sites which were damaged. So these were our projects that were underway, but they received a degree of damage. Perhaps the gravel surface washed out. So we'll have to come back and, and contend with that. Uh, that That isn't necessarily, you know, so major, but it's just disruptive. And then as of Friday, and I didn't get an update this morning, we had two sites that we still weren't able to fully um, assess, but we believe they're damaged. So mm-hmm. it, it, isn't, it isn't a catastrophic blow to our normal book of business, but it, it will perhaps result in there being an extension on uh, some projects, and you know, perhaps we'll see how far we go into the fall. That's the issue, of course, you know, Vermont being a snow state. We have a limited window of opportunity to do the the work we have to do every year. Right, and as long as the hot top plants are open too. I mean, that was always uh, right. you know one of the areas of concern. My guest this afternoon on Travels with Charlie, Agency of uh, Transportation Secretary Joe Flynn is my guest. If you have a question, you have a comment, you want to talk with him, two four four seventeen seventy seven or one eight seven seven two nine one eight two five five. Joe, one of the differences between now and two. 2011, uh, you know, with Irene, 
uh, has to be the the labor issue. Uh, you know, anytime you talk with somebody, uh, you want to, you know, you hire a contractor, want to get a job done. It's like, well, uh, it's going to take a little longer than we'd anticipated, as well as the cost of goods. Uh, so that's going to be factored in here as well. Uh, do you see any crunch with uh, with labor here? Are you is the agency of transportation, the road crews? Are you looking for help out there? Put in a plug, Joe. Yep, I will. If anybody wants to come to work for VTrans, we have plenty of openings on a good day. So we certainly have openings now, and I'm serious about that. Uh, there's openings all over state government, and, of course, there's openings all over the entire business community. We were dealing with this uh, labor problem, uh, you know, really before the start of the pandemic, and then it manifested itself during the pandemic, of course. I have to say, though, uh, in the immediate urgent weeks, the two weeks uh, that have just finished since the storm, um, I have not heard of an inability to get forces, whether they're our forces or private sector forces, to do urgent work. Now, what I imagine will be the, the case is, you know, people that need work done on residences, you know, may start to see a bit of a timeline before um, home builder type contractors might be able to to work for them, but you know the heavy equipment contractors, the people that can move a lot of earth fast, that can move a lot of rock fast. Uh, we've been very fortunate. They're wonderful partners of ours um, during normal times, and they're amazing partners of ours during emergencies. But in an example, I think of your question, our central garage facility in Berlin down in the vicinity of the Wayside Diner uh, was really, really hit hard. And I just heard this morning about an hour and a half ago that it could be one to four months before the electrical contract work could be completed. So that's the sort of thing I think we're all going to experience a degree of. Joe Flynn, my guest this afternoon on Travels with Charlie. You know, Joe, one of the things that Vermonters are always uh, proud and, and happy to do is, is pitch in and help. And certainly we've seen that within the last couple of weeks with uh, just the number of, you know, whether it's a small type of uh, event where they're raising money, even, you know, kids out selling lemonade and, and you know, turning their pennies in and uh, concerts, uh, you know, the uh, the concert that uh, that National Life did, $1.5 million was raised. Uh, one of my guests uh, coming up on my August 7th, show the the band 8084 is they've already organized Jamie Lee Thurston and Rusty DeWeese and Chad Hollister to do a benefit concert on uh, August 20th I believe at Higher Ground uh, and again, you know, and I think back, Joe, to something that you did uh, many, many years ago. I, I forget which hat you were wearing at the time, um, but, uh, you know, with Grand Isle, Louisiana uh, being affected uh, by, uh, you know, devastating weather, and you organized an event uh, and, and helped them out. Are, are we getting any help from, you know, outside the state here coming in and helping us out? Yeah, we have. We've been very fortunate uh Many states, I don't want to misspeak, but I believe six states have emacked um, swift water crews into Vermont, or at least they did during the teeth of this. I, I heard there were crews from as far away as North Carolina and I believe Michigan, and I think also Virginia, but um, I know you know Mike Cannon. Uh, Mike is the head of that group, the Urban Search and Rescue Squad yeah. for the state of Vermont. So, again, I don't want to uh, not mentioned some state, but also the state of New Hampshire sent assets. And the gentleman just left, but the emergency management director from the state of Louisiana 
arrived here, I think, Thursday or Friday, and he just left today. Um, the governor of Louisiana sent him up. EMAC is a process. It's the Emergency Management Assistance Compact, and every state signs up, which basically means that if somebody calls for help, every state tries to see what it could marshal for support. And obviously, it depends on what you have to, to lend to the, the effort and where you're located and how quickly you can get it there. But I think it's been, I think it's worked well. And, um, but you're absolutely right. You know, people step up and they do everything for people. And it's, it's, it's heartwarming. And it's also, it really, it's hard. It's, it's, you know, tugs at your heartstrings to see what people are going through. And um, it's wonderful. We all step up. I just wish we could find this spirit every day of the year outside of an emergency uh, and just think how amazing that would be. Absolutely. Well, you know, Joe, um, you know, for my sake of my listeners here, Joe and I go, go, go way back. In fact, we just, we just saw each other over the weekend. Uh, we celebrated a, a high school reunion. We won't mention which one it is, but you know, it's amazing that that many years have gone by and uh, you and I have been friends for, for all of that and, and, and beyond that as well. And, and, uh, you know, and I, and I, when I spoke with you the other night, I said, you know, how proud we were of you and everything that you do and and you know i see your commitment and and you know people should know about that you know here we are we're having a party and it's like you know you're answering your phone and and i know you had to leave early you know on a saturday night you're thinking really it's like you know you know uh, these things don't wait you're you're taking care of business so really really thank you joe and i thank you for your friendship over the years it's uh, certainly an honor to to know you and and i'm just so so uh you know i'm just Unbelievable, uh, you know, at, at what you're doing here. But this is what you, you what you've always done. I don't expect anything different. So thank you for what you do for the state and for your commitment to the state, Joe. Well, thank you, Charlie. I found state service rather late in my professional life, and I'm as a as a person born and raised in Vermont. It's it's a, I feel it's a tremendous privilege, and um, I mean that. I work with amazing people. Governor Scott inspires me every day, and I'm not just saying that for politics' sake. I think anybody who watches them can understand what I'm talking about. And uh, and I've worked for three governors, and uh, I do. I feel it's a privilege, and uh, I'm just grateful for the opportunity to do that. And, and honestly, I, there are so many dedicated, hardworking people in state government. Um, Vermonters should realize how hard people work every day, and especially during events like this, uh, VTrans and DMV are the two uh, offices that I oversee. We have about 1,300 people, and every one of them is very devoted on a daily basis, and especially when there's a problem, um, they really, really lean into it, and I'm just really grateful to be around them. Joe, some good news. Uh, Vermont Strong license plates uh, coming back. Uh, when's the sale going to begin? Well, I don't know that. I, I, I heard that there was a a movement afoot to bring back that or something like it, and uh, but that's all I know. So okay, I, no, I, no I, breaking. I, I'm trying to get the breaking news, Joe, but we're no, not going to no, get sorry. it. Sorry, <laughs> no. I honestly don't have any more details than that. Okay, well, st- as they say, uh, it, stay tuned. Joe, stay tuned. Right. So, so good to have you on the program today. I know you're very busy. Get you back to work, and uh, thanks for all that you're doing, and 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 to all the crews that you know that are they're putting in. I'm sure, uh, you know, long, long days and nights. Uh, you know, not getting rest, staying, you know, you know, away from their families, and you know, getting uh, Vermont back on track. So, good luck to everybody, and thank you for what you do, Joe. 
Thank you very much, Charlie. It's good to talk with you. Good to talk with you as well. All right, there you go, Joe Flynn, the Agency of Transportation uh, Secretary. I also want to thank Anson Tebbets, Secretary of Agriculture. I uh, want to invite you to join me on my next program. We're going to be talking with members of 8084. I think uh, Randy Smith is going to be joining me. I'm reaching out to Rusty DeWeese. He's going to be on stage. Jamie Lee Thurston, they're doing a benefit concert at Higher Ground on August 20th. And we'll have uh, more information for you that on that uh, coming up. Travels with Charlie is sponsored by Casella Way Systems, Jolly Convenience Stores, Milne Travel, and Myers Bagel Cafe in Burlington. My theme song written and performed by Billy Bratcher. My executive producer, Brad Ferlin, running the board today and doing a great job, as always. My buddy, Steve Cormier Corm. I'm Charlie Papillo, and I'll see you in my travels. <laughs>